Hugh Hefner, a true American icon, created an empire that was unrivaled. Although some of his bunnies may have gone rogue, it's because of the love and respect that we received from the man behind it all. The Rogue Bunny's mission is simple. 100 playmates taking control of their valuable IP while honoring Hef's iconic Playboy style and bringing that experience to our collectors. Like only we know how, because after all, we did learn from the best. Relive the stories from the most prominent celebrity home in history. From those of us that lived it, the employees that worked it, and the guests who loved it. And the, the mayhem continues. Hi, I'm Victoria Fuller, Miss January 1996. I'm Brian Alea. I'm Scott Ramsey. On today's show, we have a, a very special guest, Rich Carell, proprietor of the Icons of Darkness exhibit in Hollywood, perhaps soon in Las Vegas. Rich, can you tell us a bit about yourself? About myself, sure. Um, I've been in Hollywood my entire life. I was born and raised in L.A. I started in show business at the age of eight. Uh, I don't want to tell you how many years ago that was. <laughs> what, what, and what was the show that we all know? Well, and I love? did. I, actually, I started. I did about a year and a half of stuff before I ever got to Leave It to Beaver. But oh, I ended okay. up in Leave It to Beaver as one of the regulars. I was one of Beaver's friends. Yes. For about three and a half seasons. Yeah, I just saw there's a picture right over here. That you well, there is have. a picture over here, and the reason there's a picture is because when we were doing Leave It to Beaver, and that picture was taken around 1960, early 60. When we were doing the show, Jerry Mathers and I, who played Beave, we kept saying to our makeup guy, hey, you know, you, you need to take us to the makeup lab because it was universal, where they made Frankenstein and Dracula and all that stuff. So he took us up there, and we, you know, we were like, speaking of kids in a candy shop, that's exactly what we were. But we were surprised at the stuff they were throwing in the trash. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. So they were throwing all kinds of stuff in the trash, like they threw... The creature from the Black Lagoon land suit in the trash, what? which at auction now is about a million seven. Wow. So that was really crazy. But I found, while I was doing the show, I found a head in the trash from Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's why all that stuff's set up over there. That's And so I took it out of the trash. I asked this guy, you know, I was a little kid. I was like 10. Can I take that? Oh, yeah, sure. So I took it, and that's what started all this filming. Oh, that was your, that was your first. Yeah, that's that's it's amazing. It's like full circle right here. Yeah, yeah it, really it really is. It really is. Six cool. degrees of separation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and don't, don't get me into a, get, get me going on Animal House because I know that your brother was the cinematographer. He was the director of photography on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. right? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. that Animal was House really cool. And Belushi loved him. Belushi loved my brother Charlie. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I worked with Belushi on a show called Police Squad. And he was, when we worked with him, he was completely with it, you know, wasn't high, was like really cooperative, was really nice, but he was all, he was fascinated by it. Oh, you're Charlie Curl's brother. Oh, I love Charlie. You know, it was great. He was, he was gone very soon after that. But regardless, that was cool to see him. And he remembered everything about Animal House, especially Charlie. So when we were flashing back and you're talking about how, you know, you went rummaging through the trash cans, you kind of started off, you are now... Literally, the largest collector of horror memorabilia, movie memorabilia. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it's science fiction, fantasy, and horror memorabilia. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it's it is. It's the biggest collection in the world. Okay, and, and, and I, we just got to say this, too. I mean, Rich, we, we, we go way back. We're, we're friends. You hung out at the mansion. You were yeah. friends with Hef. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's, it's so cool for me to finally see this, because back when we had the, the, the old show on Playboy Radio, we had talked about it. You said, hey, one of these days, I'm going to bring this stuff out. 
Because you have warehouses full of stuff. I do. This and is here we are now, finally, on Hollywood Boulevard. Right. You're going to see about only half of the stuff that I've collected. Because, I mean, I didn't have enough room to put it in here. By the way, the, the connection with Hef was really cool because that's I yes. met him because of King Kong. King Kong was my favorite movie as a little kid. And um, in 1983, we did the 50th anniversary premiere of King Kong right down the street here at the Chinese. Restaged the entire premiere, built the giant head and the hand, and Fay Ray and I hosted it and everything. But we needed, um, like, sponsors. And so the PR people we were working on said, well, look, you know, you're working with Gary Marshall and doing Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Can you get all those people? I said, yeah, but I need a lot more people than that. And Hugh Hefner's name came up, and I said, you know, I think he's a big film fan. That's what I've heard, so let's ask him. He was the first guy. We sent that invitation to him on a Friday. On Monday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning, he called and said, I'll, I want to sponsor this. I want to be part of it. That's how I met him was through King Kong because we had this big ceremony down here and he was one of the celebrities. And then we went across the street to the Roosevelt where I had set up a thing like this, only all King Kong stuff. And he just freaked out. He just thought this was the coolest thing ever. That's how we met him. But but didn't you also mention before when that you met Hef actually because you lived on Mapleton Drive? Yeah, you're right. In 1971, yep. when he moved into the mansion, we yep. were neighbors. Yes. My home was only like nine doors away from there. So we were like dicking around on a Sunday afternoon. And so Harold Lloyd's granddaughter and two of my next door neighbors, we said, hey, Hugh Hefner moved into the neighborhood. And so we said, let's go down there and like ring the doorbell, which was the main gate on right, Charing right, Cross. Right. Yeah. And they still had, I don't remember if the rock was, was the there. Rock? The yeah. rock, well, but they had. But the, the rock wasn't there, but the I don't think microphone so. thing yeah, was there. Yeah, they had a microphone and a, and a doorbell. So we pushed it, and this voice said, hello. And we said, hi, we're the neighbors, and we want to welcome Mr. Hefner to the neighborhood. And we thought, well, that's our ploy. They're never going to go for it. And they said, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and we said, well, that's probably going to be the end of that. They said, oh, Mr. Hefner would like to meet you. Come on up. Dude. This, he had been there three days. He, <laughs> he moved in on Wednesday, and this was like Saturday. And the, door, the gate opened, and we walked we walked up the driveway. We didn't have a, a long, car because we had walked down from too. our home. And he, he was, everybody, there's a bunch of girls, including Barbie Benton, and they were in the, in the game room. And they kept, they kept listening to Brown Sugar on, on the jukebox. I'll never forget that. Which like, is his personal collection of yeah. 45s, is it? Oh, you, you, want, you want some cool little info? I get to see that jukebox every day. Oh, that's cool. You have oh, it? Oh, you no, got it? Yeah. My, oh. my, my boss uh, that I also do when I do, Oh yeah. you know. He the got state it. management, Victorino, owns the freaking jukebox. Those are all uh, it's, it's personal so cool. records. And you see all well, the 45s are right there. Yeah. It well, is he sick. this he came out and said, hi, you're the neighbors, which we were, but we we never thought he was going to like go for this. And anyway, so he, he showed us around, and he took us, I think we went through the Great Hall, I think, uh, and then he took us in the back, and they were building, they were working on the grotto. The grotto wasn't done. How, how old was he at that time in 1971 yeah how old was he, he, was in he, his was, 40s, wasn't he? well he was young yeah yeah he was really yeah. young prime 23 time. that's so cool <laughs> yeah 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 and so he was we're like, just gonna go ring the doorbell and go yeah. say hi to half hi well, there the best thing you is welcome to the freaking... up, we walked up like we were tramps or something you also said that before half even moved in you were up at the mansion yeah. because sir arthur letts was the previous owner there was a guy named letts yes who lived yes he was a friend of my father's so Can from you time imagine? to time, they would invite us up for Yeah, he went into the mansion stuff. before. This was long before, before Hef yes. got there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rich probably has the most, 
the biggest history with the mansion than anybody else. So you know, well, the, you know the whole story. Then maybe you can tell us. Which the, is the, the question is about uh, uh, Mrs. Letts. Yeah. You know, because she was found in the great hall on the floor, and it was always wondered: was she pushed or did she jump? That and, I, and, that and, I and, don't know. And to this day, they believe that Mrs. Letts haunts the mansion. And there's been stories of everyone that stayed Hef there. Have never believed that. No, no. Have ha- hated year that story. Happened, you know? That I don't remember. No, because when we went up there, we, 1937. I may in fact have met right. her. So, you know? so oh, I don't, oh, I mean, oh, I don't okay. remember so much about that, about Mrs. Letts. And, I don't and to give our audience an idea of what this neighborhood is like, the founder of Bank America was your next door neighbor. Right. Well, we lived in and a house. And Judy Garland. We lived in a house that <laughs> oh, the entrance was yes. on Sunset Boulevard, but then... Wrapping around us was Mapleton and Charing Cross because right. this was a large property. <laughs> so our neighbors were Alan Ladd. These are next door neighbors: Alan Ladd, Lana Turner, oh. Judy, Judy Garland. Oh my gosh! Then we had Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Oh, Sammy Kahn, the Giannini's who founded the Bank of America, yep. Yep. Walt Disney, <gasps> Jerry Walt Lewis, Disney, lived Carol next Burnett. to where yeah. Half moved in. That's incredible. Well, we spent a lot of time with Disney. Actually, they okay. went. I want. I want. We want to okay. talk about the story with Judy Garland because I remember you telling me this, and I was floored. But we're going to take a quick break. So let's do a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Rogue Bunnies Mayhem. Hi, this is Angel Boris, Miss July nineteen ninety six, and Series One Rogue Bunny. I'm inviting you to go rogue with the sexiest women on the blockchain and purchase Series 2 trading cards in packs while supplies last. You can also collect individual cards from Series 1 in our marketplace. Just go to roguebunnies.com, click Buy NFTs, and get out a credit card because no crypto is needed, and start collecting. A lucky few will find a legendary or epic card. Why is that special? Well, because you become an instant VIP with access to gated channels to chat with bunnies in our Discord, plus automatic invites to all our IRL events. So what are you waiting for? Just go to roguebunnies.com. Welcome to the metaverse. Okay, and we're back. I'm Victoria Fuller here, and we're with our special guest, Rich Carell close friend of Hugh Hefner and all of us, of course. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And we're Especially here at all of you guys. Icons yes. of Darkness right here on Yeah, Hollywood we're at Boulevard. his Icons of Darkness on Hollywood Boulevard, and I've had the tour before, and it's a must-see. It's incredible. Right before we went to break, you were mentioning about Judy Garland. And well, I remember you telling me a story about, because you were friends with her son, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Johnny Luft. Okay, but you had mentioned something about how you were there at her house, and she was making... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to, Johnny and I used to play all the time, like we'd play football. And actually, Sid Luft would come out sometimes and play with us. But we used to see Judy Garland all the time. And, you know, she was Mrs. Luft. You never said, hi, Judy. You know, we were too polite. Oh, you know, yeah. We weren't. So one day we were playing football, and we en- en- ended up in the kitchen. And she was making soup. And so she gave us cookies, whatever it was. And then Johnny left for a minute, and I was sitting there, and I said, oh, Mrs. Luft, you know, I saw your movie last night. And when The Wizard of Oz came on TV in those yeah. days, it was a big deal. Epic. It was like on a Sunday night, 
They would have Danny Kaye host it. By the way, the first four times or something I saw it, I thought it was a black and white movie. Nobody had a color TV, so nobody knew it was in color. Oh, for that oh. last act. Well, yeah. for the, most of the movie's in yeah. color. But yeah, anyway. It goes from black and white, and then boom, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're in uh, So genius. anyway, and so I said to her, I saw your movie, and she said, oh, that's nice, honey. I'm glad you liked it. And I said, can you sing me that oh. song? And so she sang me like the first stanza of Over the Rainbow while she was making soup and I was eating cookies in her, in, 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 <laughs> in, in her, in her kitchen. Yeah. That's Judy incredible. Judy Garland. But she also told me a lot wow. about Margaret Hamilton, and we'll see Margaret Hamilton's figure in here. That's my, my favorite figure in this entire place is the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. The Margaret Hamilton that's oh, I in just, here. I was just uh, yes. cruising through and I saw that. Yeah, and well. I still got that little eerie feeling. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. creepy. It's like kind of going, whoa, okay, I remember this. Uh, kind of kind of freaked out. Perfect cool. casting. And it's, and it's the perfect story of most villains in Hollywood are always the nicest people in real life. <laughs> right. Margaret Hamilton, everybody thought she was this old hag. She was only 36 years old when she made wow. that movie. She's five foot two, so they had to put her on lifts. She wore that dark, dark costume under all the Technicolor lights, never complained about anything, and she was the only one that got hurt. She really got hurt because the makeup, the green makeup on her face was copper-based. Oh. And when she appeared Ooh. in those plumes of fire, yeah. she was so close to the flame that the copper heated up and burned oh. her skin. <gasps> Oh and and goodness. still, she was like, hey, hi, everybody. Let's go to work. And, you know, where everybody else was going, oh, these costumes, I'm so hot. And everything. she was like, she said Amazing. Margaret Hamilton was the best. Yeah, pro. she was the nicest. That's a perfect segue to start walking. Let's, yeah. Let's check out the exhibit. I can't wait to see it. Let's go. Okay, when you first walk in here, you'll see a bunch of superheroes. And lined up on the right here are a whole bunch of bat costumes. Now, the bat costumes, these are all hero costumes. When I say hero, these are the ones that the actual actors wore. But we have a representation of Batman for just about everybody. The only Batman I don't have here is Ben Affleck, but I'm working on it. But um, I forgot he was a Batman. Yeah. And then over a little bit further in is the sonar costume, which is also from Batman Forever. That's a Val Kilmer original costume that he wore. And wow. that's one of the only designs that made it across both movies because Clooney wore that same design in Batman and Robin. I just want to say that the Chris O'Donnell, the, uh, his outfit was the first time nipples were introduced into the <laughs> costume. Just true. wanted to throw that That's in there. That's true. Well, that, the director kind of insisted <laughs> on it. And now it. all I can see is nipples. That's right, it. Right. That's all I see. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, well, let, let me, let, let oh, me erase that image for you, Brian. So our, our listeners, when they, when they come to the exhibit, you just need to check out the evolution of the cod piece. In these these costumes, because it, it's significant. And You're what's actually a cod? Making me look at the cod piece. It's, 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 <laughs> what's the cod piece? Let's be clear. That's this uh, junk area thing. Yes, <laughs> and and raw and Robbins is rubbed raw. R rubbed raw. It's like he's got rub burn. Both, both this costume and that costume came from the same movie. And yes. Both nipple costumes. Out of curiosity, because everyone has their own opinion. Who do you say was the best Batman? Uh, I think Christian Bale was the best Batman. Really? Yeah. Well, I think those are the best movies. I think the best Batman is Dark Knight. Because of, of Heath Ledger, right, and because oh, it's so yeah. well directed, yeah. that's a, right. that's a great movie. Is is there a better? And by the way, scene? I like the new one. I liked Robert Pattinson's movie. I thought it was good. I like a lot of them. So there's a lot of Christian Bale stuff. This is cool over here. This is Michelle Pfeiffer's yeah. original costume as Catwoman, and that's also from 1992. That's from Batman Returns. That's with wow. uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, as and there's a Danny DeVito in his entire costume. I right always there. thought that his character, right, dude. That's his entire costume and even, even his umbrella. Are they actually wow. uh, to size? Like, yeah, everything yeah, in it's here like is Michelle the exact, Pfeiffer here, right? Is well, Michelle is standing on a three-inch lift, and she's got three-inch heels on. because she She's was, tiny. She was very small. She's only like five, three and a half. 
Wow. So and he, and Danny big. DeVito, he's on a... He's four, four foot 11. Yeah, he's on a four foot lift and he's still Yeah, he's short. still small, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Amazing. cool. That's a flying suit that Christopher Reeve wore in both Superman 1 and 2. Does it work? You mean if you put it on, do you fly? Yeah, okay, I yeah. don't think I would try that. Uh, darn. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. have a lot of superhero stuff, Spider-Man, Batman, Iron Man, you name it, we got it. Schwarzenegger as uh, Mr. Freeze? That's a really cool costume. Again, a strange movie, but that's a great costume. And that costume, if you get the costume on and you put the gun on and the whole thing, it's the whole thing weighs like, I don't know, 75 pounds. Yeah, it's, only he wow. could probably deal with yeah, all that. Yeah, it's really heavy. So obviously they didn't wear these masks, right? Because it was their own face. What are these heads that are on the I have costume? those built. Okay. Like, for instance, go. if I have a head, I'll put it on something with a costume. If I have a costume, I'll put it on something with a head. I don't want to show just... The there's costume. very few things in here that are just costumes because okay. I think they're much more interesting. Like The quality of the of the work is just astonishing. Yeah, the it's really incredible. Well. Now look, That's behind crazy. you a whole bunch of gremlins. I yeah. love this. Victoria's favorite. Yes. Including Gizmo. That's G- her The Gizmo, I want him. He's so, yeah, he's cute. so cute. And here's Margaret Hamilton. Yes. Okay, so. Was but, that her original costume? No. Her okay. original costume, her hat, very close. her hat alone, sold at auction for 310,000 bucks about Whoa. two years. Just the hat. So that's Did she all- only have one? No, she had. There were several, including one they called a flying hat that was used oh, for okay. just flying scenes. I'm, I feel like a you know. A, I mean, a the teeth. Yeah. I was teeth just looking at the teeth. Are like <laughs> they didn't have Invisaligns back then, but yeah. she She's has British. the yeah. Oh, or or, okay. or did she put in teeth to? Yeah, were those her teeth? Well, yeah, she had her teeth weren't very straight. No. Okay. Oh, wow. And the costume was remade as well. So you had that remade. Everything that uh, you see in here, if there's any replicas of anything or any heads of people, they have to be perfect or I won't bring them in here. So every thread, I mean, every line, everything. Yeah, the pouch on it, the cape on it, everything's yeah. exactly the same. Really I'm actually cool. geeking out on the freaking sleeve stack, dude. <laughs> From Land of the Land Lost. Of the Lost. I have on. like four of those. I have four of those guys. These yeah. are not from you the original. You can hear it in your head right now, can't you? The original is a Sid and Marty Croft yes. TV show. No, this is from the Will Ferrell movie. That is cool. Meanwhile, while we've been geeking out on this, dinosaurs have oh, snuck yeah. up behind oh, us. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is one of the things that everybody comes to see. I have dinosaurs, original dinosaurs from Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3. And we also have the 600-pound hydraulic heads I've got four of those, but these are the T-Rex. That T-Rex is from Jurassic Park 2. That's one of the hero females. This is the sneezing brachiosaurus that sneezes on the yes, on the tree. Yes, yes. All, all of the baby birds are from Jurassic Park 3 from the nest. Wow. Those are the pteranodons. Here's the mom's head. And there's, she, there's a Stan Winston clip of them working with this. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you have the video monitor over Yeah, here, well, the so. Stan Winston school and Stan Winston's guys, Matt Winston's a good friend of mine, and he comes here to visit stuff, and he loves that it's all here because it's kind of like a tribute to his dad. It's really awesome. And you can see a little bit of deterioration on these guys yeah. from time to time and because these things have to be maintained all the time. You know, they weren't made to last for years and years and years. Right. And these are all, everything in their moves, the teeth, the tongue, wow. the eyes, And everything. you can see in the snout, there's obviously stuff comes out of the snout because I can see little holes yeah, up they, there. Yeah, they did all of that stuff. Uh, Army of Darkness is like yes, everybody's Yes, yes, this favorite. is the one I'm looking at but because I'm lo- flashing back to the mansion. You have some of this dude. in your house. Yeah. You used to bring a lot of your stuff over to the yeah, Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of Army of Darkness stuff, but those people are interested in this. Those are miniatures they used in when, the, when the army starts coming to life. Those are actual screen-used miniatures that they used from that film. I love that. It's f- really fun. Wow. Just, so flashing back and thinking about the Halloween parties up at the Playboy Mansion, yep. how, how did, did that – I just remember when you used to have your whole crew come in and they put all the heads up in the Great Hall. It was sick. And then that one time you did the maze – 
in, in the, uh, the actual living room and all that stuff. And you bring all your stuff in. How, how did that even start? Like, yeah. did you and just the boss just have like a, a conversation and you're like, you know what? I got all this stuff. I'm going to bring it over. I mean, it started in the dining room with me and Robert Culp. Oh, oh, Robert, Robert Culp. Culp. And I would talk about Halloween. He loved Halloween. And I said, you know, I do all this stuff and I have all this stuff and we, we should do a party and everything. And he said, okay. I'm going to talk to Hef about that. And he ended up talking to Mary about it, Mary O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I went to Hef and said, are you interested? Because Hef and Kim used to come to my house when the kids were little on Halloween. Marzen they were good Cooper, friends by yeah. that point when the kid, when Marzen and Cooper were small kids. Mm. And he would, Hef would say to me, we should put some of this stuff up to decorate the mansion. And I would say, well, some of it goes on tour, so it's not around. But if we ever have a chance to do it, I'll let you know. And then in 1999... I came to him and said... That was the first time he brought Halloween back. Yeah, I said, do you want to do a Halloween party? And he said, yeah, only if it's like the best Halloween party ever. You never say that to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch watch this. Challenge accepted. Yeah, watch this. So I gave him a budget. I said, this is what I think it's going to cost. He said, what are you going to do? I showed him the design of how I wanted to haunt the property, all six acres of it, the side hill, the tennis court, everything. 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 And then I took... The most fun I ever had with Hef is when he w- I would have the design for the party, and the two of us, just the two of us, would walk around the whole property and say, and here we're going to do this, and here, and he'd laugh and laugh and laugh, and then I'd say, we're going to scare people, and he'd go, yeah, 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 you got to really scare people. He was like a little kid. <laughs> He's the best. I had so much fun doing that, but that's what happened. We would design, and this was like three months before the party. We would design all this stuff and say, this is what I was going to do. One party we had up there had 106 actors, it had two ADs, 17 makeup people, four wardrobe people, two 18-wheelers wow. of stuff, because we brought stuff oh, out yeah. from Columbus, Ohio. This was literally a movie. This ba- that, that party actually backed up Sunset Boulevard, and I believe after that party, because everybody was a drive-up at that time, mm-hmm. yes. but there was it backed up Sunset so bad that he that's when they started the busing, if I'm not wrong it was so bad yes you're yeah. absolutely right a matter of fact you know cops had all been out there they're like you guys what have you created the here? fire department and, yeah, everybody, everybody was like was freaking out it was yeah. it was epic but, oh i just remember just seeing i've never seen anything like it yeah well because it, i just it, i mean all your memorabilia there at the mansion and like you were saying like people in costume and jumping out and scaring people it just and it just kept growing it kept growing the so, star wars collection is off the hook and i know this isn't even all of your stuff but the star wars stuff is so cool but this all the star wars stuff is yes. stuff i've been collecting for a long time the costume that's a, a darth vader costume built by ilm and that was used as a touring costume for the empire strikes back but this glass case with this head in it is a production made head that crossed both Star Wars, the first one and the second one. And I love, wow. this is Alec Guinness's life cast and makeup is Obi-Wan Kenobi, so that's totally awesome. Why would they do a life, what do they do a life cast for? We're going to explain that. There's a okay. whole thing of life casts okay. here, and I'll explain them when we get okay. there. But life casts are used by makeup departments all the time to build makeups and things. When you were talking earlier about bringing, uh, you know, the boss and Kimberly would bring over Marston and Cooper when they were little boys, did, did you have the Harry Potter stuff? Because I know they're huge Harry Potter No, fans. because there wasn't any Harry Potter. No, movies. that oh, came much shoot. later. Yeah, that's a lot later. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's before any of that I just happened. remember them running around the, 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 the whole property and the dressing up in Harry Potter outfits and just Well, but the kids also, when movies. we were setting so up cool. Halloween, they would go wild. Oh, they would go crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they wanted Beth, especially Cooper wanted them... They wanted my wife, Beth, to take them through when we were set up because even during setup, they were afraid because of all the stuff that jumped out at people. <laughs> yeah. 
So what do you what do you think about like now with technology and now robots are actually being used? I've seen some videos where they're talking about that. Do you think? I mean, are, I think it's getting a little scary. You mean with we AI? Get, yeah. Well, with AI, but well, also that, robotics. They, they like, can we could eventually lot. have robotic cops actually in yes. our world. We they, might but be they able to compare see a lot of AI problems to the movies Terminator mm-hmm. and what could happen if AI took over. I'm not so worried about that yet. You know, yet maybe I'll worry about it. <laughs> but I'm not so worried about it. We uh, a lot of more, a lot happens. more Star Wars stuff, including the most famous robot ever. That Yoda, Yoda. Yoda is all from original molds. That's not one of the original puppets because an original Yoda puppet now would sell for about four million. Wow. So it's a lot of it's a lot of money. So yeah. my my nickname growing up from my grandmother way before the movie came out with the Ewoks was Wicket. Wicket? Wicket was nice. my, Wicket the Pooh was my, I don't ask me where it came from, but that was <laughs> what my grandmother called me, Wicket. And I've, then when uh, it came out and the main character are, was Wicket. Uh, you're now forever Wicket. That's it. <sighs> I guess that's <laughs> right. You brought it up. Wicket the Pooh. That's my new favorite fact about Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> so when the movie came out, I was so excited because. So you, and yeah. you guys, my favorite Star Wars villain was always Darth Maul. Darth so Maul. I was really excited when I got that costume because that's one of Ray Park's original costumes. Wow. It's one of the ones he wore in Tunisia. And that's his life cast in makeup as Darth Maul. So that's cool. And this is one of the original lightsabers used for Return of the Jedi. And it's cool. If you look at it carefully, you can see like it's kind of it's kind of dirty and it's got soiled mark from hands. And it's real, but that makes it worth more money. Oh yeah, that's really DNA. Cool. There's DNA. Yeah, there's DNA on that. And then a lot more Star Wars stuff. And then we have aliens, 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 and of course the most famous alien, the good guy. That's E.T. E. That's one of the only copies of E.T. that ever came out of Universal. Ever. Is that the E.T. that right would on. would be set up in the Great Hall? It would be on the on the. He had remember the boss had the, uh, those two chairs. Remember there was like a king Probably. and queen chair. I mean, I have a chair. number of them, but yeah. this is one of the original. And we would put uh, we would actually put one of uh, the boss's robes on it. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't. Maybe, maybe. You know, That's I've had cool. that a long time. Most of this stuff that I've had for a long time has been reconditioned because I have a group of guys that restore stuff for me. And this was wow. something that was restored because it was in kind of bad condition, but it's one of the only ones that ever came out of the studio. Uh, Star Trek, Star Trek, a lot of Star Trek stuff. And then everything here from Planet of the Apes. This is it, where I'm geeking out. This is, a, this I was, is all Academy Award winning makeup. Well, 1968, John wow. Chambers won. And then in 2001, Rick Baker won. And, and so we're, going, we're walking through here. There's so much stuff here, but this is just a fraction. Of well, what it, no, no, it's more than a fraction. It's about 50%. But, I mean, wow. if you took this in times at times two, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's about it. That's about the size of the collection. Amazing. I never stopped collecting. And my wife is like, do you need to collect more stuff? <laughs> really, do you need more well, stuff? Well, if you don't, I now, don't know. Now, imagine when he's able to put this in a much larger setting. And spread it out. Well, like the like, Jurassic Park um, uh, vignette could be... You know, well, re- the Jurassic re- Park thing we're building in Vegas is a bit of a preview. You go into like a jungle. Mm-hmm. There's yes. also a lot of intermersive stuff projected. And you see the, the original dinosaurs, but then the trees part of the T-Rex comes That's out and tries to eat you. You know, it's like, I mean, so everything's moving around. It's really cool. So it's cool. going to be like this, you, but on steroids. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Think, that's exactly right. Do you think that you're going to have this in Vegas uh, by October? No, that can't, we no? can't do it. We, no they w- Strangely enough, MGM Resorts wants us to do it by October, but we can't. I just picture a Halloween party. I just think it would be oh, so cool. The biggest thing in the you world. Know, Rogue Bunnies. Freaking Halloween party with icons of darkness. Come on. We'll get we'll do, we'll do that. We just won't do it this year. We'll do it next year. Okay. Um you guys, I'm so proud well, of this. You know, I'm I like so that you just proud. said that too. Like you're having the most fun. I mean, you love this is your love. This is your oh, passion. Oh man. This, this is, is your passion. This you get is this. so much fun for me. 
you know? I mean, I directed a lot of television shows, and I loved doing that. And I loved being in that business, and I loved going to work. That was really fun. But this is the stuff I dream yeah. about at night and get up and go, hey, I'm going to go do you, this. You created Hannah Montana. I did. Yeah. yeah. There's cool. a little bit of a contrast between Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana and <laughs> totally. the scariest and, and, aspects and, of And the Shining. Yeah. The Shining, big, yeah. yes. <laughs> like, this is better than the uh, Wax Museum. This, this, well, I won't, I, mean, I won't bring stuff in here unless it's, like, perfect. It's Like, if people sculpt heads for me, right now we're doing Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith from Men in Black because I just bought their costumes, and I have a lot of those aliens, so we're going to do like a men in black to say, but the guys making the heads, if they're not perfect, then I'm not going to, I'll have them redo them. So you don't only collect the original movie stuff, you also create stuff to add to the experience. Correct. That's amazing. They want everybody to see it the way it was. Well, that's why this exhibit has so much impact. It, it's it, the, the, the screen used uh, props and items are amazing, but the way that you present them, is that puts it over the top. Well, yeah. you know, you guys, this place that we're in right this very second, this was a clothing store, and this was the, these were the dressing rooms. This was American Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. And these were, these were dressing rooms. Wow. So when we rented this place, I looked at it and went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can yeah, make genius. little sets out of this. Genius. This is great. And so we put the scarier stuff in because it's kind of claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. And then we have, again, we have stuff that jumps at people, and that really gets well, people. Well, this oh, yeah. I don't want to give it away, but yeah, 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 I know the stuff that jumps. But the thing is, one of the things that's, that's cool, cool about this collection is that a lot of this stuff is old enough to have been made before the dawn of CGI. That's why the dinosaurs are so cool, because they're practical dinosaurs. Now, when they do Jurassic World, everything's a computer. Yeah, everything CGI. On, yeah. They make maquettes, but they don't make the full size guys. Can I ask cool. you when Hef, you know, after he was doing the Halloween parties with all your stuff, after a while, he just kept some of the decorations up, like over the front door. Was that yours? Did you get that for him? And then he would just cover it. The was stuff that, that he kept the most was the gargoyles. The, the gargoyles. The it was always on the front of the house, and then <laughs> yeah. it was permanently there yeah. on the front of the house, which was yeah. Odd. I asked him. I said, "Should I rent these or buy them?" And he said, "Well, what are they?" I showed him what they were and what they did. He said, "Well, buy them." And so he went and bought them. They weren't that expensive, actually. Okay, so those and, weren't moving. But things. then he put, yeah, they moved and they did their wings and they breathed fire and stuff. Yeah. And then he just said, leave them up there. Yeah, and I thought, I remember oh, man, summertime, I love this they're guy. still there. He wants to leave stuff on the house like that. This yeah. guy is awesome. They were the coolest. Yeah, he just yeah. left them up. This is all stuff from uh, Walking Dead. Norman Reedus's original costume and crossbow and the dead guy on the ground and zombies walking up behind him. This was actually uh, get, uh, donated to us by AMC because they wanted that in here. And they said to me, you'll like this, Brian. They said to me, so what are you going to do with this stuff? Because they just gave us the costume and the crossbow. I said, I'm going to make a head of him. I'm going to put him in a set where the, there's a zombie laying on the ground. And there's, the zombie has an arrow. And there's another zombie coming up behind him like in the show. And they said to me, oh, okay, so you're going to have zombies in the set? And I went, yeah. And they said, well, do you have any zombies? Me. It was like, <laughs> let me open my warehouse. Mm. Let me open up the warehouse. I got about 90 my, of them. Yeah. Let's see what we'll do. You know, well, I like, remember uh, you were uh, we you, you allowed me to come over and tour the house uh, back in the day. We were in, you were just seeing all the stuff you had gotten set up for the Halloween party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, Brian, this is nothing. <laughs> Look at this. And all of a sudden, you have the, your garage, and your garage just opens up, and the whole thing was just filled. So I, I think it's funny. Do you have But the funny zombies? thing is people who know I collect this stuff, the people who know, they always say, oh, we have to see your house. And my house is not the Adams family house. It's just a regular house. You know, my Gorgeous wife I, house, my, by the my way. My wife, it's Beth, awesome, is like, no, 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 no. We're not going to put all this stuff in the house. You do have some stuff, though. Some. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot, but <laughs> Well, it's a lot well, Not a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's rephrase like, that. Uh, and, Dude, you and, have the ultimate toy collection. The ultimate. It is the ultimate <laughs> toy collection. Except, <laughs> it's all, it's, except it's full size. Yeah. I mean, it's sick. You notice 
So, like, do you ever, like, all of a sudden you get an opportunity? Obviously, you have a lot of friends in the industry, and they call you and go, Rich, oh, my God, we just got hold of this uh, this proper or this costume or this stuff. And you're just, like, geeking out, going excited. And then there comes the conversation with Beth, your wife. Oh, uh, no, Beth, honey, Beth um, is a no, great she's sport about it. <laughs> she's she's uh, a really good sport about it. I got this, uh, this little thing that I'm thinking would look really good in the living room. The best... <laughs> The funniest thing about Beth is, you know, when we went back to Columbus, Ohio, to first get all this stuff out of storage, we found like, uh, I don't know, 12 Freddy heads. And she was going, what? Freddy heads? And I said, Beth, Beth, you can never have too many Freddy heads. And she was like this. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can never have too many Freddy heads. Yeah. I, one's plenty enough. Yeah, yeah, but didn't like, you great. say before that you also, sometimes you forget what you have and then you buy something you're like, oh, I kind of had a bunch of those yeah, I already. Yeah, that I had, yeah, yeah, you had it. Yeah. But you know what? They're all, they're all different, right? Even if they're the same, they all have their own little story. Yeah. You know, they're all different, but still Evolutions. sometimes I buy duplicates of stuff and go, what was, what was I doing? Here's the creature from the Black Lagoon. We put this in here for, for Victoria. <laughs> I had this rebuilt from original molds, and it's not the original costume. I told you that got thrown out. But that was in the grotto at the Playboy parties for Halloween. And there's a picture of Heft down here. And yep. that picture, all that is that's awesome. actually, that, that very statue is in that picture. Now, you guys, this is all my favorite stuff. Yes. This, if, it, if it weren't for Bela Lugosi... And the movie Dracula, which took off in 1931 and saved Universal, the whole Universal horror cycle wouldn't have happened. So Lugosi is very, very important. I always loved him. I thought he was always very sinister and really cool. But I love the movie Dracula, so he's here. And then, of course, this is the most famous face in horror movie history, which is the Frankenstein monster. Uh, I remember uh, the boss used to have like a big giant Frankenstein. Yes. Remember that? that uh, yes. The, the, and that would be right in the Great Hall uh, leading right to the restroom. And the guy that made that made every single one of these heads and every single one of these figures. That's all, that's all Mike Hill stuff. Wow. wow. This life cast of Boris Karloff, they would take plaster castings of the actor's faces and then build the makeups on the plaster cast so the actor wouldn't have to sit for hours and hours. That's what they're for. This process started around 1920, and it's the only process that they still continue to do. So this has made it through all of these decades. Look, look at this. We're looking at Robin Williams here and Mrs. Doubtfire. Was Robin really that short? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Robin was about five foot nine. Did you ever meet him? I worked with him for three years. What? On Mork and Mindy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there when he arrived. Wow. Doing really? Happy. Well, he, became, he came in to play on Happy. Oh, happy and yeah, he was a yes. replacement. That's right. The first guy they had, they didn't like him. And after the second day, they got rid of him and said, we, we have to find... Scotty Marshall, who was Gary Marshall's son, was 10 years old. And he was crazy about Star Wars. And he said to Gary, you should make an episode of Happy Days that has like Darth Vader in it. I have an alien in it. So they said, okay. So they originally wrote... Mork as a bad guy, but he was, you know, it's a comedy, so they needed someone to be kind of kooky, and it was like John Biner or somebody came in to play him, and it just didn't work out very well, and so they said, now we got to get somebody, and Ronnie Hallen, who was Gary's sister, that's Penny Marshall's sister, older sister, was one of the casting people, and she had been in San Francisco two months before it to a nightclub and saw Robin Williams, and he made all these noises was doing all these faces and stuff. She said, let's see if we can get this guy. They got him. They brought him down. And, I mean, like, he took over. There was no way that Robin could play mean, because so he always played, like, interesting. But, like, originally, Mark was supposed to be a bad guy that came to take Fonzie away. 
Or he, no, he came to take Richie away, and Fonzie takes his place, and there's like a battle between them. But when Robin showed up, it was like everybody went like, oh my God, because he was like the most talented guy you can imagine. And when they made Mork and Mindy, it was a spinoff of Happy Days, and it was one of the only network shows they made with no pilot. They just said, give this guy a show. Wow. Can, and, can, and Pam Dauber had made a thing, a show about nuns, where she was playing a nun. And they said, use this girl and get this guy and just make Mork and Mindy. Don't even make a pilot. Is it true so that they had to have a someone special on the set all the time listening to Robin Williams? Because he would say profanity hidden inside of his... No. Oh, I, I read that. No, and the other thing is, he was a fantastic improv guy. Yes. But... In multi-camera, you have to hit marks, mm -hmm. and you have to uh, land over here, and you have to do blocking. So They had a ton of cameras, it, it, right? Yeah, it wasn't quite the improv that everybody thought it was. But when they said cut, and he would take off like going into the audience, that was the best. That was better than the show. So that, that show had more cameras than most sitcoms, right? Because no, they had it, was to still, catch... it was still a three-camera show, oh, but, okay. the, but Gary told Howard Storm, who was the series director on it, let the cameras roll more when he starts doing his bits and stuff, because that was a whole show in itself. Yeah, yeah. He was the most amazing mind. He could read the front page of the newspaper and then do 20 minutes of a bit, and it was the funniest stuff you ever heard. So clever. The guy was so cool. He was a great guy, great guy. Digging on the crow, man. Had to have the crow yes. in here. Brandon Lee was killed doing this movie, which was awful. Uh, that was a gun accident. But this is one of his original costumes from the movie, and he was a friend of mine, so... I had to have him in here, and plus that's a great fantasy movie. I like that movie a lot. All the RoboCop stuff, the Versace-designed Judge Dredd costume of Sylvester Stallone. Designed by Versace. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then over here, this oh, is so cool. Check this out. Oh, the hammer, man. This is a Chris Helmsworth hammer from Thor The Dark World, the original hammer. And then this is Captain America. This is one of the screen-used battle-damaged uh, from the Avengers. This happened to be Captain America's from the Avengers. This is Stan Lee's costume that he had on in Iron Man, and he appears, he's actually called Hef mm -hmm. by Robert Downey Jr. So he was supposed to be Hef here with the pipe, and, the, and this is what he wore in the movie, and that's a nice figure of Stan, who's obviously one of the founders of Marvel. So now I'm looking at the smoking jacket, because he it, the boss had two different kinds of smoking jackets. He had this one, which is like more of the red velvet, and then he had the other one, which was more of the heavier one. Mm -hmm. But I know the guy that made these... Robes. Is that actually one of Hef's robes? I can't tell you that. It came from the wardrobe department, so I don't, I don't know who made it. I'm wondering if they got hold of us. Are you about Rick made it because, uh, no, not okay. Rick. Um, it's actually another gentleman yeah. in Beverly Hills who actually made these. I remember we were commissioned at one time for, a, for the museum, Wax Museum, mm -hmm. down the street, and that is one of Hef's robes that was made for that. So, so I'm curious if they, we had that made. But it's so cool. That is awesome. Yeah, and that, that, that came right from the studio. You know, it's a tribute to Hev as well as a tribute to Stan, so I love that thing. That's a great... That's, that's a how great we actually... Ending. That's how we end the tour, actually. Rich, we cannot thank you enough. This was the most amazing afternoon for us. Our listeners, you need to get here. If, if, you're, if you're in Los Angeles, get to the Icons of Darkness exhibit in Hollywood. It's amazing. Catch it before it goes to Las Vegas. 
And it's right on Hollywood Boulevard, right at the now Dolby Theater, Groman's Chinese yep. Theater. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hidden. the corner of Hollywood and Highland. Right at the corner next to Foot Locker. Next to and Foot Locker. it is a must-see. I've been twice now. I will probably come again because there's so much to see. And just even the second time, I saw so much more than I did the first time. It's just endless. It's well, amazing. Well, if you guys had fun, I had more fun than you did. So how about that? <laughs> well, Rich, I have a great time. Thank you it. so much, man. You bet. I mean, and, and thank you for your friendship. And just, you're just like the coolest freaking dude, dude. I swear. <laughs> I man. know. I just, By the way, Brian's my agent. <laughs> Brian is my agent. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there's got to be a website, right? That people can go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Icons, Icons of Darkness. darkness. Yeah. You, you go to iconsofdarkness.com on any, any social media, and you can see stories about me and the collection and where we are, and you can get tickets or whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, we're going to revisit this Fantastic. collection when it's, uh, you know, in its new home, and I look forward to that. Yeah, me too. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you so much, Rich. I'm Brian Alea. I'm Victoria Fuller. Scott Ramsey. And the, the mayhem, mayhem continues. Hey, Mayhem Familia, don't forget to click, like, and subscribe. And tell all your friends. Also, visit us at rbmayhemshow.com. That's rbmayhem, mayhem spelled M-A-Y-H-E-M, show.com. And I want to give a special thanks to Dapper Labs, Flow, Gig Labs, and also Flow Score. And the Mayhem continues.